1: Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. I would just say this. If Delvin Cook does not have an extension, I definitely wouldn't expect to see him around the facility this
0: spring. Uh, come training camp we'll see because there's a whole bunch of implications and fines and everything
1: else, but I mean, he's played three years at that position. He showed this season when he was uh, fully healthy what he can do. He's had some you know, unfortunate injury situations obviously through the, uh, the course of his career, but he's in a, a good position in that he doesn't have a fifth-year option in so the second-round draft pick. Uh, his extension's going to need to come sooner than later. Again, the Viking with their history, a lot of their extensions don't get done until uh, right before training camp. Uh, could a deal get done sooner than that with Delvin Cook? We'll see. I would certainly expect there's going to be conversations about that in Indianapolis next week. But That was NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, Matthew Collar, and today out at the golf show, uh, co-host Sam Ekstrom from Zone Coverage. What is going on, Sam?
0: How many putts do you think you could make out of five this like 20 foot putt that they've set up in front of us here. Having
1: watched other people do it for the last hour I'm going to say zero.
0: There's not a lot of fluctuation in the green though. I think by the fifth one I'd be locked in.
1: The problem is it's extremely fast because it's just on concrete (laughs) and so everyone is overestimating the speed for one which I probably would as well and it's a long way away you've played golf with me before I can drive it pretty far. The other stuff is very shoddy so I think I would struggle but any Anybody who's sitting around here listening to us, they should come over here at the Convention Center Minnesota Golf Show and take a shot at it. Take a shot at the putt. You can win stuff. Uh, I think it's, what, a couple of tickets what happens is everybody gets into a pot, and then it's a couple of tickets to the 3M open if you're the person chosen. And
0: right if then. you are the one putting, we will do play by play of your putt <laughs> on the radio for thousands yes. to hear. By the yes. way, Matthew Collar, sneaky, good golfer. Like, he doesn't talk a good game, but he could hustle. No, like, if he was no. out there long drive contest approach contest That's
1: about it. The long drive The short contest game
0: is, is where we all fail, right? We're not yeah. professionals. We're not we're not Tony Romo out there.
1: At one time I played a lot and could putt. The thing that I've never been good at is chipping. I've never been able to get it to backspin and stick on the green. Where I've been pretty good at times is sort of rolling it up there, but if you put any sand in front of that thing and there's nowhere to just guide it up there, I'm not good. So, no, I would not call myself a a golfer that's going to game people and say, oh, I don't know, we should bet $100 on this round because I'm bad. No, that's definitely not me.
0: If, If you localize it, which Viking is the best golfer, do you think?
1: Oh, it's Thielen, for sure. I mean, Thielen has played in tournaments and stuff before, uh, I don't know that anybody is better. At least I've never heard of anybody being better than him.
0: Yeah, he was like at the the pro am at the three M Open last year, yeah. I think, and I think he was like matching his PGA professional shot for
1: shot. Yeah, for sure. So. Uh, Come down if you want to listen to us live That would be one reason to come all the way to the convention center But the other reason is of course the golf show is going on here One of our favorite events to broadcast from every year A lot of people already in here And so many booths and everything set up uh, To get yourself ready And a day where it feels like you should be getting yourself ready There have been times where we've done this before Where we've come in and it has been zero degrees outside And it feels nothing like golf But today the sun is out It's getting a little warmer Um, So we are here at the convention center. All right, Sam, we want to start out with Delvin Cook, and then I've got a poll going. And this is going to determine what we do a little later, whether we should draft all players of all time or franchises. So as in draft which franchise you would buy, and then I go and you go, and then we compare who ends up with the stronger group. Right now, player draft is getting more votes on Twitter. All-time, all-player draft. So we might have to do that later, 3 o'clock.
0: If you're about engagement with this radio show, I think the all-player draft is definitely going to create a lot of reaction just because there are so many players that it would be impossible for us to make the majority choice. Everyone's going to have their own opinion on it, which could be fun. I
1: kind of hope people vote for that. Okay, so far all-player draft is doing really well. So let's plan on that for maybe like 3 o'clock. First hour, though, there's a lot to get to because the NFL Combine is next week, and that's where everything happens outside of the guys going through drills in the convention center in Indianapolis. It's where all the agencies, they meet with the NFL teams, and then they go and whisper to NFL insiders at the bar, at whatever restaurant they're in, here's what's going on, here's what my client's looking for, and so forth, and we get a lot of news, a lot of buzz, lots to talk about. And Jason Lock on 4 wrote the other day that the most interesting team is the Minnesota Vikings at the Combine because they have so many players that their contracts are coming up or free agents that they might or might not be able to keep. So let me just start there with what we expect from the Combine next week in terms of who will start to hear buzz about possibly coming back, who are going to hear buzz about not coming back on the Vikings because – now Everson Griffin's a free agent, Anthony Harris, we don't know about Linval Joseph, and on and on. Trey Waynes is a free agent, Xavier Rhodes. So who w- if you were putting him into categories, who would you expect to hear is coming back? Who would you expect to hear is not coming back?
0: I think I would expect to hear about Everson Griffin, even though he's a free agent officially now. I think we're in the same situation we were three days ago. It's just that it's been made official. I think we're going to hear there's interest in trying to renegotiate something with him. I think that's going to be tough, but I think there's interest on the Vikings side. I think there might be interest in bringing Linvald Joseph back at a a vastly reduced salary. I don't think you'll hear that about Xavier Rhodes, Mm -hmm. and I think you're going to hear probably that uh, the the Kirk Cousins camp and the Dalvin Cook camp are hoping to negotiate an extension, and that's going to be coming from their side, where I think the Vikings have probably more reason to be resistant. Uh, But those are probably the five big names, the Griffin, the Griffin, Joseph, Rhodes, Cousins, Cook. What are you going to do with those five? And then sort of secondarily, uh, your Steven Weatherly's, your J. Ron Curses, sort of those Im- important RFA. role players. Eric Wilson. Does not what?
1: forget the fullback.
0: No. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's probably, like, of the seven offensive free agents, there's probably not many that are more important than C.J. Hamm. Maybe Rashad Hill. I mean, those oh, really? those are maybe your top two offensive yeah. free agents, right. right?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm being facetious a little bit, but I do think that there will be some interest in him as an RFA. As teams start to look at what happened last year with San Francisco and with the Minnesota Vikings using the fullback, that they're always stealing from each other. It's a copycat league, and that position has gone up and down throughout NFL history. I wouldn't be surprised if people look at him and say, aren't too many guys who do what he does, so if you want one, uh, he might be available, including Cleveland and Kevin Stefanski. Well,
0: uh, they went out and got Johnny Stanton because the Vikings are a fullback factory, and the the Titans got Kari Blossom game from last year. You know, the Vikings are just churning them out. Fullback factory. Everybody wants a piece of the fullback.
1: (laughs) All right, well, let's move on, though, to more controversial names. Um, the Delvin Cook point that you bring up is interesting because I think with the other guys, you're talking about a now situation. And with the Delvin Cook, you're thinking about a farther down the road, what it's going to mean to you. So if you, for example, keep Everson Griffin, well, what's that going to mean to your salary cap situation? How much is he going to want? And how much can he impact you just really in 2020? You're not signing him to a five-year deal or anything like that. When it comes to Delvin Cook, we have to look deep into the future of the Vikings franchise to decide how important we think this is because Pelissero said that he does not expect Delvin to show up for anything until he has a contract. I also think he runs the risk of ending up being like Melvin Gordon last year mm-hmm. who held out and held out and held out. And then they just used Austin Eckler and now Melvin Gordon doesn't look so hot. So it's a very tricky world for running backs. And in a way, I sympathize with that because not every running back at age 27 falls off the face of the earth. Historically, a lot of great running backs have played into their early 30s. Delvin Cook is going to be 25. You sign him to a five-year deal with the first three years where all the cap hit is, it takes him through his prime. But on this Vikings side, I'm sure they know all the data. They know all the history of these contracts blowing up and how easy it is to replace some of the, you know, running backs who have been really, really good for a couple of years, but then you put somebody else in there and you get a situation like San Francisco where it's Mostert is the guy who I've never heard of, and he's playing over Tevin Coleman, who they paid a bunch of money.
0: And Jarek McKinnon, who's paid like the fifth most or average annual salary of any running back, hasn't played for two years, and they're, they're doing pretty well at that position, but uh, there's so much nuance to this discussion, and, and I think to your point about sort of every running back not falling off the face of the earth, you, you don't need him to last five more years. Like In defense of giving him a contract, the Vikings are usually pretty savvy about the way they structure these deals, right, where those last two years are basically big numbers on a piece of paper that really mean nothing. That They typically do a great job of making those fourth and fifth years very flexible mm-hmm. with, with, with the salary cap. So really, you just need to, to appease him for the next three years, You know, give him something that, that's going to get him through that age 27 season, and then you can sort of decide at that point. And, and I think there's an argument that even that wouldn't be a good idea based on how, how teams have succeeded without a highly paid running back and how a lot of highly paid running backs can, can be only as good as their offensive line. And and I think both sides need to do what's best for them. I think the Vikings need to drive a hard bargain here. They have to point out to Dalvin's camp, "Hey, as as good as you are when you're healthy, you just haven't been. You haven't been healthy for three, uh, you know, any full season, including last year when you started out so well." Uh, But then if you're Dalvin's camp, I think you have to not only do yourself right, but you sort of have to stick up for the position. I mean, Dalvin talks to Ezekiel Elliott after the game. You know, they're in each other's ear, and, and he wants to represent the running back position well. He can't just cave and set a new precedent for any running back that has three good seasons is suddenly unretainable right. because they, they, they price themselves out of a team's salary cap situation, so I think both both sides are really in an unenviable spot going forward, and it's going to be, become a staring contest. I can't see it getting resolved in the next couple months. I really can't. This thing's going to go probably into training camp maybe into the next season.
1: So let me ask you, how much do you think a couple of these things mean to this negotiation? Number one, Mike Zimmer has made it very clear. He is a big fan of running the rock. And and I've brought this up on the show before, but the chart really blew my mind that it's really close to 60-40 across the whole league now, and it hasn't been 50-50 in a very long time, but that's what Zimmer wants to see. He wants to see balance. He wants to see the Run setting up the pass as opposed to the pass setting up the run, which a lot of teams look at it that way, is if we pass well, we get people out of the box, and then we hand off. And Zimmer likes to play actions and things like that, but he also likes to just keep running Delvin Cook over and over and over again, and if I'm on Delvin's side I'm saying, all right, well, you've made it clear who the centerpiece of your offense is and it isn't Kirk Cousins, and it isn't Diggs, and it isn't Thielen, or Irv Smith it's my guy Delvin Cook and also his impact in the passing game was really significant last year. He was one of the tops in terms of yards per catch, he was number one in yards uh, after catch he was one of the tops in uh, expected points added after catch and and things like that, so his impact goes beyond just handing off, but I wonder how much it matters to the Vikings and to their front office that the head coach clearly loves Delvin Cook and wants him here for a long period of time.
0: And, and that could certainly influence things. I think, uh, you know, Mike Zimmer, I think sees things pretty, pretty black and white, that we're going to be a run-first football team, and, and I think Gary Kubiak is going to echo that sort of in his offensive philosophy. Now, Mike Zimmer did say... Um, sort of in teasing fashion on his last press conference that what's going to be the one change with Gary Kubiak? We're going to change some, some things in the pass game. That's all he said. He didn't add any layers to it, but he said we're going to change some things in the pass game. What does that mean? Does it mean more frequent passing? Does it mean more infrequent passing? Does it mean more deep passing, uh, more quicks, more slants? We don't know. Um, but But it's clear that how about just throw
1: digs the ball more so we don't have to talk about that? Well, this that's anyway. a
0: whole other segment right that was, there. That, yes. that would be another another thing. But, but, but it's, it's all connected. And I think Kevin Stefanski used the word marriage a lot when it came to the offense. Is the run game married with the pass game? Yeah. And so if Dalvin Cook's running well, you know I think you saw a typical correlation with the ability to put together explosive pass plays and, and vice versa. So... Um, the Vikings offense, if you sort of took away one limb of that offense, it all sort of fell apart a little a little too easily, and that's where they need to be more resilient next year. But um, the, the comeback, if you're the Vikings, trying to drive a bargain here is, well, Alexander Madison was also pretty efficient, and he's also pretty good in the past game, and he's much, much cheaper. So you've got to come back, I think, for every argument, and I, I don't know what's going to cause the Vikings to cave with, with all of the evidence out there the last five or so years about extending running backs. Right. There, there's a pretty significant case against giving Dalvin Cook this massive deal. So,
1: now the same went for Anthony Barr last year, and Zimmer won out. It was very clear that Zimmer wanted desperately to have Anthony Barr back. He uh, had uh, been his first draft pick when Zimmer got here and felt that he was integral to the success of the defense. Well, when you look at what Anthony Barr did in terms of his impact on the defense this year... It really wasn't that far above what Eric Wilson's might have been. And I'm sure Zimmer would give me a bunch of X's and O's reasons why, well, we can't do this with Wilson, but we could do this with Barr and on and on and on. But the reality of that position is there are probably quite a few guys who could have produced what Anthony Barr produced this year and not for the price tag that he carries in a long-term contract extension. And, And this is where I wonder how this conversation goes. Because if you are the one to use the old Bill Parcells thing with the grocery list if you make out the grocery list and then you send someone to the store that's the front office and they look at it and they go mike pistachio nuts are just too expensive i mean can we just get the regular nuts like do we really have to do this and he says no no i i need the expensive item Uh, i think that puts them in a really hard position these days where in the past mike could say oh i want the really expensive defensive tackle give me sheldon richardson and at that time they could go, well, okay, we've got just enough space to be able to, to get him in there. Uh, and Richardson was worth the money. But now when you're talking about something that's too expensive, you're in a really tough spot unless they have big plans to make a lot of space in the future where they feel like a Delvin Cook contract wouldn't hurt them. And by make a lot of space in the future <clears throat> at the quarterback position, it's almost like these ti- if these two are tied together, if they do both of them, How can you build the rest of the roster because so much money will be spent on these two players unless you're just banking on a 17-game season happening?
0: Yeah, it it was kind of odd because with with the whole defensive continuity that they built up over the last five years, it didn't necessarily feel like they were, they were cheaping out on the offense too much. Like they still signed an expensive left tackle. They still, you know, signed Mike Remmers to a big deal, and they were able to extend Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs like they, and Kirk Cousins. They were still able to pay their offense while keeping that defense to get together because so many of those defensive players were on their rookie deals. But, you know, when it, when it comes to this team and the defensive identity, it's a direct clash with sort of the, the new age NFL Offensive continuity that every team is trying to generate. Um, if you really want that offensive continuity, that, then yeah, you need to maybe flip your um, the, the the paradigm of how you're seeing. Oh, this guy just spun in a putt,
1: unbelievable! Nice shot, man. I like that you just interrupted your whole thing. I was like following along, and then oh, he made it.
0: <laughs> the the it, that it was like a, a seven twenty, like a seven twenty in, in the hole, but from a south paw as well. Um, it, it'd be hard to see <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Hey, respect the lefties. Respect the lefties. Are you
1: left-handed? Yeah. You golf with me all the time. Do you golf left-handed? Oh, yeah, you do. It's been a while. Unreal. It was last summer. It's been a long time.
0: Wouldn't it just be odd, though, to to suddenly see Mike Zimmer making all these decisions in favor of his offense and voluntarily weakening his defense? Like, if they were to go get a guard instead of signing Anthony Harris, that that would be something to see.
1: So I guess that's the question, though, that I really want to know the answer to, and maybe we'll start to get a sense of it is the front office on board with all of Mike Zimmer's philosophies, is ownership on board with all of his philosophies. I don't blame any coach who says, hey, you know Delvin Cook? Boy, good at football. Let's keep that guy. But that's not really the job of the coach, unless you're Bill Belichick. Then Bill Belichick is just ruthless and brilliant when it comes to it. And I think the reason that they went back to so many Super Bowls other than Brady is that they were always refreshing their roster and not bringing back fading players. We could have spotted this a couple years ago with certain guys like Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Xavier Rhodes, that at some point they were going to hit a wall, they were going to dip, and the production wouldn't be the same. And eventually we got there and it happened because it always happens. I'm not sure that Zimmer understands fully nor does he need to the positional value of someone like Anthony Barr who's a linebacker and there are other guys that you can get to do a lot of his stuff where you can rotate linebackers or if Zimmer would look at a running back position and go hey When I was in the NFL, first starting out, think of what the NFL was like. It was dominated by great running backs in the early 2000s. They were the ones who were winning MVPs. They were on Madden covers, and it's just really changed quite a bit. So there's still all that talent, but a lot of guys don't get drafted high, so they don't cost a lot, and then they wear out really quickly because they're used in the run game, the pass game, pass protection, all that. And I think it's also just more more physical and dangerous now. So it wears out somebody who's touching the ball 300 times a year. Is it, it, Mike Zimmer's just not really going to fully understand that the same way that a front office should. So when they have this debate about Delvin Cook, that's where I wonder who wins out here. Or if the Vikings front office says, you know what, we understand the risks and we're going to take them because A, Delvin is special, which everyone tends to think about their running back, but B, he really doesn't have the type of mileage on his body that many others do because he had the ACL and then he was hurt a lot in 2018, so there's like two sides to that coin. He's been hurt, but he also doesn't have the mileage. Well,
0: there's multiple ways to look at this because I am strongly of the belief you don't want to be running back rich and quarterback poor. Like the teams that had great running backs last year and, and had bad quarterback play, like Carolina, for instance, where did that get them? You know, having Le'Veon Bell didn't really help Sam Darnold much either. There's just a lot of good running backs that in the right situation could probably be 1,500-yard rushers, and in the wrong situation, they're just ordinary guys.
1: Question for you. Was last year the right or wrong situation? Do you think that Delvin Cook had a good or bad situation last year? Because he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. So was it him or was it circumstance? Because that's the thing that's always hard to parse apart, as you're saying, with running back.
0: I think it was the right situation. I, and and I, that doesn't mean he's not good. But, so I, but I think I th- it was I think... him.
1: I think it was more him than situation. So you... I, I think he would have averaged close to five yards of carry with almost any offensive line, even though they were clever in their run setup with Rick Dennison. I don't think they're the only ones who are clever in how they run the ball. The only one who's not is uh, John DiFilippo. Um, but he averaged four and a half yards of carry with Filippo running out of the shotgun. He was one of the league leaders in yards after contact. So I, I think that they also didn't have even a, a very good offensive line, though they tried to build it that way. So that makes you, makes you think, like, can he continue to make up for them, or will he be even better if they build a better offensive line in front of him?
0: I think that offensive line, though, was geared toward run blocking. I don't think they were a good offensive line uh, yeah. in both facets, but I think they were with their mobility. Even Pat Elfline, who didn't have a good year, but he was still a— a decent, above-average, or, or at least average run blocker. Yeah, yep. um, Garrett Bradbury was so much better run blocking than pass blocking. So I think that everything was kind of built around Dalvin, and, and he was, of course, the, the centerpiece of that offense. And sometimes you know, it was sort of the um, you know punch up the middle for three, punch around the edge for six, and yep. then establish that explosive pass. I think it did, it did work together in a sense, and that doesn't mean Dalvin isn't talented and doesn't deserve to get paid by somebody someday. Um, but, but I think it all plays into sort of this overall philosophy that, you know, if we, um, if we run block well and uh, we've got a guy that can get to the edge who's got that lateral speed, I think he was in the right system.
1: So let me ask you this, because uh, it sounds to me like you're not on board with a Delvin extension, and that's... Natural to go with the data that uh, shows us it's usually not a good idea. And just even recent history, like Devontae Freeman's looking at potentially getting cut. David Johnson looking at potentially getting cut. Even Todd Gurley is a candidate for a trade. These are the hottest running backs in the league a couple years ago, and now they're an afterthought. So... Why do you think that your guy is going to be the outlier? Your guy was once in Adrian Peterson, which sort of even makes it less likely that your guy is again, unless you think you're just the best at spotting running backs. But now, let me create this scenario, though. Let's say that they went to Delvin and his representative, and they said, look, if we reduce the number of handoffs but increase the number of targets, which I think would make Delvin more valuable, and I also think he's capable then is it worth it? If I said, we will guarantee your client that he's going to get 100 pass targets and he is only going to run 150 times, but his value is going to be overall higher and worth more to us, then are you thinking of it differently? If he's impacting the passing game that much more.
0: I don't know. I I just don't know if I'm going to buy into that promise. I think that's really hard to follow through with. I think you can say that we're going to emphasize Dalvin more in the passing game, but I also I haven't seen Dalvin line up in different spots in the passing game and be useful. It's like been they, rare, they've, they've experimented with it. They've had him line up in a slot sometimes, but I've never actually seen that really come to fruition with him. So unless they can incorporate that and make him more useful, um, you know, doing things other than the screen, which I think teams caught on to the screen game a little bit too oh, as as, as the year sure. went on. Yeah, for sure. Um, this, But I think the worst case scenario for Dalvin is that they say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you all this work, but you don't get a new deal. Like we're just gonna wear you down. We're gonna give you all the all these receptions, all these carries, and you're not gonna get a new deal. Like uh, that's gonna be hard for him too. Even if his value sort of stays high, that's another year where he's risking injuries, putting more mileage on his body. So it's 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 gonna be hard to sell Dalvin on any situation where he's playing and not looking at future security.
1: Okay, here's what I want to do. We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to have the first round of the all-player draft because people have overwhelmingly uh, voted for all-player draft. And so I want to get our first five players each, and then we'll go back to talking about what we're looking for next week, what we want to hear. I want to get your thoughts on Riley Reef, Everson Griffin, and uh, even some other things around the league, like let's just say what qualifies as we need to look into this because there was another Instagram thing that I ranted about the other day. Um, but we'll take five players each, and then we'll take five more players at 3 o'clock and at 3.30 we'll hot routes. Uh, also want to remind you, since we are here at the Minneapolis Convention Center for the 30th Annual Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, that uh, we've got this thing called the Minnesota Golf Passport. It is available right now at scorenorth.com. You could play 12, 18 hole rounds at 12 beautiful courses for just... That's over $400 worth for $75. Our supply is limited. Go to scorenorth.com, keyword deals, to purchase and learn more. We'll be right back on Purple Daily. Score North. Despite our embarrassing swings is live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Mackie and Judd with Rami. There's nobody better than Kevin Harlan. You know, oh, Kevin. in Kevin, mid- Oh, Kevin, here it comes. In- come. Look at that play. I love how you just turned Tony Romo into Paul Bear from the WWE <laughs> out there. <laughs> oh, Paul Bear. I love
0: Paul Bear. The I love Paul Bear. I love Paul Bear. Listen, Paul Bear, man. That's one of my, oh, my favorite things. Oh, what if they were the same guy?
1: <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and ScoreNorth.com.
0: Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more.